Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fully Accountable Podcast, and I'm your host, Leah Vahere. How's it going, everyone? I hope you're having a wonderful week and a great start to February. Um, I think a lot of us are feeling a lot of energy of this like forward momentum um, energy that's been kind of coming up because, you know, January flew by, uh, as I said in like the last episode. And so it's really, you know, making me mindful of how I want to be for February and, you know, what we want to plan and what we want to get done and what we want to focus on. Because when you are busy bopping along and, you know, always have goals on the horizon and have, you know, plans down the pipeline, time just like flies by. And, you know, this doesn't always have to be just like even work related. Like if you kind of are in your groove and you are, you know, working a regular job, whether you're like, say a teacher or you have an office job or, you know, you're in the trades or whatever, um, there's things outside of your life, like outside of your job that I always feel like this time of year is you know, where you're in like that planning mode of like, what do you want to do for spring? Like, are you going to take some epic camping trips? Are you going to, you know, make an effort to take some holidays? Are you going to transform your yard? That's a big one. Um, Do you have some renos around the house that you want to kickstart? Like all of that, because like, you know, January's over and we're starting, if you're in the cold hemisphere, like we're starting to like see the light at the end of the tunnel for like spring coming up that I feel, you know, just kind of keeping your mindfulness of like, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to get done? Because, you know, like anything, like life just keeps on moving and like day-to-day things get brought up and you have to deal with them and there's activities and there's kids stuff, there's, you know, life stuff, there's work stuff. And so if you don't take a time, like some time to, you know, be really intentional of like, what do you want to accomplish and what kind of things do you want to, like projects you want to take on in the warmer months, like time will just like fly by and then you're kind of in the same spot as you were last year. And we don't want to do that. You know, we don't want to, we always want to be growing and expanding and doing new things, whether it's like within our health, in our life, around the house, um, you know, setting new intentions, new priorities. And like, I think where people get kind of hung up, I know where like myself where I can get hung up is I can almost like try to plan to execute like too much. And I've been really mindful of um, setting goals and then being very intentional in like refining those goals and like reflecting on those goals every single month so I don't lose sight of them. And I just, I think that is kind of the the catalyst or that can be like the tipping point between you accomplishing accomplishing something and not right because like we can always be like ooh next shiny thing ooh new shiny object and like go 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 that way right but if we are you know mindful of like setting these goals that we actually want you know, that's like number one, um, set goals that you actually want to do. Don't do it for anybody else or any other, you know, external factors, set a goal that you actually want to achieve and then check in every single, whether it's every single week or every single month. And like, it's okay to refine it. Like it's okay if the goal slightly changes and evolves, uh, from month to month and looks a little different than how you pictured, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And that is something that I have definitely found um, very interesting as I have been on my path with just learning how to let go, let go, let God, and be in flow. Um, Though that is, there's a lot of things that I have really realized about you know, embodying that sort of lifestyle, that sort of belief is that my brain, like even I see like what I want, I see like the end result, 
but like my brain could never imagine what I would need to go through to actually get to that angle. Right. I, and this might be kind of like hard to explain because it's like happening in real time, um, for me, but I, I have been through different things in my life where I could have never imagined the people, places, things, the conversations I had to have, the bridges I needed to burn, all of the things. Like I could not imagine what I had to do in order to get to that end goal. I think actually, if I would have known the things that I would have had to do in order to, you know, accomplish this goal or get, you know, uh, like fully aligned with this path, with this end goal that I had in my mind, I don't know if I would have done it. Like if I would have known like the nitty gritty details of what I would have to do to get there, I probably wouldn't have done it. And that's the thing about, you know, letting go of that insecurity of needing to control everything. And I'm calling that I'm calling control and insecurity uh, because it's it's like this false belief that we are in charge of everything, like that we can actually control everything in our life. And it's like, you can try, <laughs> you can try, but you know, a fucking hurricane could blast through your town and take out and wipe out everything you worked for. Or, you know, some sort of like unforeseen disease could pop up in your family and totally, you know, shift the and alter your reality. Um, you could get in a car accident that had nothing to do with, you know, that wasn't your fault at all and had to do with someone else. Like when you look at the grand scale of things, like we don't, have control over much. We just have control over how we react to situations. And we only have control on how we feel within ourselves. And sometimes that even feels like we don't have control, right? Like I have found that when I, before I was healing, before I had any kind of like this awareness of inner children and, you know, different traumas and different wounding and patterns that I had before I had any idea of any of that, um, I almost felt so out of control like within myself, you know, like the one thing I felt like I couldn't control was my thoughts and feelings and, um, my, my brain patterns. That was one thing I didn't think I could control. And what I thought I actually could control were, you know, people outside of myself, um, person that I was in a relationship with, um, you know, my, my physical appearance, my, um, you know, like my day-to-day activities, like I was very, very rigid, you know, in like these different things that I clung to in having control, like how like the atmosphere was in my house or the events of a night, or, you know, the biggest thing for me was like people outside of myself, like a, like a boyfriend or something like that, kind of being rigid in that and trying to like control them. And like, you know, have this idea of how I think wanted things to like play out. I was so hyper-focused on controlling the little details of those things because I felt like I had no control within myself. And I think that is, you know, very, very common, um, for a lot of people, especially in women, you know, you can see it like in, uh, different aspects of like health and, and diet, you know, some people, they will, the only thing that they feel like they can control in their life is how much food they eat. And they end up, you know, resulting in some sort of like eating disorder because the one thing that they do feel like they can get, you know, control over and also attention for is the physical appearance of their body and, you know, how much calories are intaking, right? And it becomes like that unhealthy obsession and control uh, that you end up, you know, kind of manifesting in your life. Or another one can be like over rigid in your day-to-day activities and, you know, your 
um, you can't just be like in flow with like plans changing and, you know, ups and downs of like people, you know, switching it up on you and changing their mind or changing their plans. Like you take it so personal and you feel like it's, it feels like out of control if like things aren't going according to plan. Right. Um, all of that is like, just a manifestation of what is actually going on inside of you internally. Because when you feel like grounded and when you feel like you got total mastery over your own energy and you got total, you know, control over your thought process and, you know, which is in a very peaceful, loving compassionate, you know, groundedness of like how your, your thought process and how you're like that self-talk. Um, when you are totally like embodying that, it could be, you know, chaos outside of you and things and plans and people and places could be up and down and changing. And all of those outside factors could be going on. And you could be cool as a cucumber. Like you could totally just be so fine because you have that inner groundedness and that inner peace within yourself. And sometimes, you know, like that's a hard state to come to. And in the society that we live in, um, we are very encouraged to, you know, take a pill for it uh, or take a drug or smoke a joint or have a glass of wine to deal with that, that feeling, that constant mental chatter that we have in our own brains. We're very much, um, encouraged to like take a volume for having those, those feelings versus, you know, actually, taking the time and, you know, working on some trauma, working on some self-reflection, looking at healing inner, inner children, looking at, um, our childhood trauma, you know, like we, we're just so like not encouraged to look at that. And I guess, and you know, too, like there is the argument of like, Everybody is like super sensitive now and everybody, you know, needs to fucking have a pedestal and a platform to talk about like me, me, me and all my problems. And like, that's not what I'm talking about. All that shit, all that shit, that's a victim mentality. That is a victim mindset. Th that, those people are not dealing with their trauma. They're just reinforcing this cycle that they found themselves trapped in, you know, so they may have gotten a little bit of awareness of why they are the way they are, but they're still in a victim cycle where they aren't taking accountability for, you know, their own healing and clearing those patterns and leaving those and not identifying it with those thought waves and those thought patterns anymore. Like that's the key difference between healing and staying in a victim mindset, because both parties can gain some awareness, right? So both parties can like, you know, have a little bit of self-reflection of like, okay, something's not right. You know, this isn't, this isn't, I feel like my, I shouldn't have this constant anxiety in my chest, or I feel like I shouldn't, you know, have this like need to control, or I shouldn't feel so like high strung. I know that's not right. Okay. So like, what, what is this rooted in? And then you know, you might do a little bit of deeper dive into your past, into your childhood, and you might reveal some things. Um, and then you have a crossroad and your crossroads is you dive in and you look at actually doing some true healing that is not only just like cognitively being aware of the inner children and being aware, aware of like the psychology part of it, but then also looking at the energetic part of it and looking at the energetic body to release those patterns and then fully taking accountability for that process and releasing those energetic patterns within yourself so that you are no longer that person and you are no longer identifying with those patterns anymore. You can make that choice or you can, you know, 
continue the cycle, place blame on other people. You can project out a side of you and you can continue the cycle of, you know, basically telling other people that they need to cater to your triggers and they need to cater to and censor themselves so that you don't feel triggered, so that you don't feel hurt. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. That is victim mentality. And that is all fucking projections. And if you are someone who does easily get triggered and you are a victim, those statements that I just said are probably going to trigger the fuck out of you. And that's on you. Like (laughs) not saying sorry for it because that's on you. And that is a harsh reality. Like that is a wake up call. And either you can wake up to the fact of it because you can look around and look at your life and realize like, hey, nothing's fucking getting better. Um, I'm still a miserable C-U-N-T to be around. And my life isn't getting more abundant, more happy, more vibrant. And I still am having this anxiousness in my chest. Like that can be the reality. Or you can go the other route and fully take accountability for how your life is going, how you are showing up and actually clear those patterns and become your true version of yourself, whoever that is, whoever, and only like you and God knows who that highest version of yourself is, right? I don't know it. The person down the street doesn't know it. Your parents don't know it. Like only you and God know who that person is and you can fully embody that and be that because there's a quote that like Leanna Shante says that I think is really, really amazing where, you know, it's, it's about like you are, uh, it wasn't your fault, you know, like you, it wasn't your fault and you didn't deserve the wounding that was inflicted on you. You didn't deserve that. And, but you are, responsible for healing your own wounds. So it's not to say that the shit that you, that happened to you, that you went through, you know, the, the course of your life up into this point, whatever that may be, whatever that may look like, that wasn't your fault. Like you are not responsible for the wounds that were like inflicted on you. You're just responsible for healing them. And that you know, that's a big one because it's no small task to undertake, but you're absolutely, you know, capable of doing it, right? You are responsible for your own healing, even though it wasn't your fault and that you did not deserve to have any sort of, you know, wounds inflicted on you. You still are responsible as an adult to clean up your side of the street and be the person that you want to be, right? be that highest version of yourself. And I thought like that was always something that really like resonated for me because it allowed me to like, it allowed me to accept that I had some wounding in the first place. It allowed me to uh, accept and actually feel things that um, hurt me, especially as a child and a young adult. And then it allowed, then it, it also gave me, you know, the feeling of empowerment that like, I didn't have to be this way forever. I didn't have to continue down this road of, and just masking you know, these inner feelings, like they were valid and I was allowed to have them and I was allowed to clear them and let go of them because you know, I came from the background of a pretty good childhood, you know, parents were together, loving home. I had a close relationship with my mom. You know, my dad was a provider. Um, you know, we never went without like, Hey, like on the surface, like everything looked good. And so just even in that sense, when you kind of grow up with that background where everything is seemingly like pretty darn good, um, it doesn't give you permission to like have, to feel like you're worthy of like, you know, acknowledging these wounds and, um, actually like letting them go and understanding them and then yes, letting them go and releasing them and being better. Right. It's, it almost like kind of makes you feel like it would be 
you would be seen as like a complainer or someone who was just like never satisfied um, if you came from like that middle class, you know, typical nuclear family setting, right? Because unless something like terrible happened to you and something like terribly dramatic and some sort of horrific abuse happened to you, you know, it's kind of like, what are you complaining about? And that was like something that I definitely, I think, never even knew that like I, it's like having that belief prevented me from ever diving deep into my own feelings and my own shadow and the things that I needed to clear. Like having that belief of like, what is there to complain about? Like very much put up that wall until I found Leanna Shante and I realized like, I, I don't want to complain about anything. Like I still like, there's actually nothing to complain about, but what I want to do is have inner peace. And what I want to, uh, embody is unconditional love for myself and for others. And what I want is to be, you know, the best version of myself, the best, you know, mother, the best, um, pet owner, the best, you know, business owner. I just want to be like the highest version of myself. Like I actually don't have anything I want to complain about. Healing is not about complaining. And what I loved about in her programs is she said like right off the get go with like mother wound, she's like, this isn't about blame. This is about you and figuring out what has been traumatic to you and what was traumatic to you as a child and not judging that and clearing it and healing it. But it's never about blame. And just hearing that, like, released any sort of resistance I had to looking at that. Um, Because, again, it's not about blame and it's not about comparing different, um, it's not about comparing trauma, you know? It's not about comparing different levels of struggle. it's, it's about staying in your fucking lane and healing your own shit so that you can be the best version of yourself, whatever that may look like. And you know what? The best version of yourself might be living off the grid and up in the mountains in a one bedroom cabin. And the best version of your, uh, to someone else might be owning a yacht and running a multi, multi million dollar business. You know, in my opinion, neither is better than the other because if that person is living truly authentic to themselves that's all that matters and that's you know what makes me excited about being you know on this path and that's what makes me excited for my friends and for other people who want to be the best versions of themselves i love it i really 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 love it because i just want people to feel the freedom to be the best version of themselves, however that looks. And I, I love being in a constant state of, um, just like excitement and non-judgmental, like non-judgment to anybody else. So whether it's like how they look, whether it's like what they choose to do with their life and the lifestyle that they want to live, like the career they want to have, um, the house they want to live in, the clothes they want to wear. Like I, if they feel like that is like truly authentic to them and they are happy, that makes me excited and that makes me happy for them. And I just, you know, I was like talking to a friend the other day about, um, wedding rings, like about weddings and wedding rings. Cause I posted, uh, I re-shared this post from my friend who is a doula, um, Kiana, uh, Kiana Shira. She is a, a doula in Jacksonville, Florida. And, um, she has, like this awesome preconception, uh, healing program where basically it's like preparing the body for conception and it covers, you know, off of like nutrition and supplements and lifestyle and healing, you know, trauma and clearing out the womb space energetically. And then also focusing on mother wound and father wound so that you are, you know, more of a clear vessel to bring a child into this world. Like it's a really awesome program and a really awesome 
uh, service that she offers. And she wrote this post about how we live in a culture where people don't even blink an eye at um, spending, you know, 10 to 30,000 and upwards on a wedding for one day. And I know a lot of the times you get family money, you know, the parents will either like chip in and pay for like half of the wedding or they'll pay for the whole wedding or whatever. And it's like, we live in a society where like, that's totally acceptable to drop $30,000 for one day that you might not even feel like was awesome. Like you might, or it might've been super high strung. It might've been stressed. It might, you know, have just ignited all of those things within yourself where you wanted to like control everything and make everything perfect. And you were just suffering on the inside. And it's like, we live in a culture where that is all celebrated and accepted. And what she proposed was, what if we actually uh, focused on investing that same amount of money uh, into preparing your body for starting a family if that's what you guys want to do afterwards or like buying a house but like say it's like you do want to start a family so it's like why not take that money and invest it into your own health to prep yourself for a family and also you know afterwards after the child is is born and I was like yeah like why not? And why wouldn't, you know, the future grandparents be okay with like, if you were going to give the kids, you know, five grand for a wedding, why couldn't the kids take like that five grand and put it in towards like their own health and to start a family? Like, I feel like if you're going to gift money, it shouldn't just have the, um, stipulations, uh, around, you know, having to have this one day party, you know, like, I think you should be able to freely use it for whatever you want, uh, in regards to, you know, this new chapter in your life of, you know, starting a family. So I thought that was like, really, I thought that was just such a great, I don't know, just in a great, um, post. And I, I ended up resharing it and a different friend commented on it saying how she was around some people where they are just super low frequency and they were going off about rings and weddings and they were just saying some really, really judgmental things about ring sizes and like you know, a diamond size and how it looks and all, all this like gross, nasty stuff. And like judging people they knew because I don't know, I guess her, the chick's ring wasn't, you know, something they would ever wear (laughs) or like the, the chick's ring wasn't like the diamond wasn't a size that they would ever accept, I guess. I don't know. Um, it was just gross and like low frequency stuff. And I was like, yeah, like that's gross. That's low frequency. And when it comes to something like intimate, like, you know, a marriage and a union between two people, it's like, stay in your own fucking lane. Um, because whatever, you know, those two people are happy with, that has nothing to do with you and your opinion can go fuck off. So whether it's like the union between those two people, like, they want to have, you know, a four carat diamond ring. Okay. That's great. That's great for them. Or if they want to wear like a vintage, you know, gold band that they inherited from their grandmother, that's beautiful too. There's no right or wrong way of doing it. The only, the only right way is the authentic way that is between, you know, you and your partner. And so I just, you know, I don't surround myself with people like that who are like judgmental and like say catty things like that. So I'm always like a little um, in awe when I hear stories like that, where I'm like, oh my gosh, like people, people think like that and people actually like spend time and energy saying things like that about other people. Like that's just so gross. And it, it just, and again, it just kind of makes me feel sorry for them and, you know, not really give it much energy. But I just, I thought like, again, when it comes to like circling back to your own healing and giving yourself permission to, um, explore, you know, what your trauma is, 
it's not about comparing what you went through compared to what someone else went through. Like as humans, I feel like we like to compare, which is why, you know, we can have like those ring conversations and right down to like trauma conversations. We want to, we want to compare so we can kind of get like a gauge or a pulse on like what's acceptable in society versus saying like, fuck society. I'm just going to go with what feels authentic to me. And I'm going to stay in my own lane with this. And that's like where with anything, I, I think you feel a lot more inner peace if you just dial it in and focus on yourself and concentrate on what is authentic to you. And when you are, when you're really embodying that and you're feeling that this natural state of like happiness for others to be their most authentic self takes over. And that's something that I have really noticed in my life over the couple, the past couple of years where I genuinely, genuinely have a lot of like happiness, um, for other people living their most authentic life and, you know, forging forward in achieving their most authentic life and, you know, just whatever that looks like for them. Even, and it's funny cause like, you know, I have friends where like, they, you know, live in like a busier city and, um, I just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like could never be me. And we kind of like laugh because I'm like, oh, I could never live here. Like I'll come visit you guys, but like, I would never live here. Cause it's like, I'm so accustomed. I know, I know now what's right for me. Like I know now what is like authentic to me. And that is, you know, closer to the mountains that is surrounded by trees. That is something with like a really quiet yard and like a really small town and like, you know, having more of like that acreage sort of lifestyle that is way more, you know, um, authentic to me. Like I would be fine with like going to, I don't know, a big grocery store run every like, three months. Like I just, I don't. And then having like a little garden in the backyard, you know, like that is more something that is in alignment with me. And I actually was just thinking about that today because we are getting more like warmer weather. It's still like a little cold, obviously it's freaking like February, what, six today. Now that I'm recording, um, you'll be listening to this on the eighth. Uh, but it's still, you know, a little drizzly, a little bit, you know, winter vibes here and everything, but I was already thinking about being outside and how much I love being outside. And especially here, because like we have pretty good weather here in Idaho. Um, it can be all over the place, but for the most part, at least coming from Canada, like it's pretty freaking good. And I, I realized like, oh my gosh, I, I'm so excited to be outside. And in my current place, um, it's a little bit more difficult to just like be outside in kind of that like low key relaxed nature because, you know, it's, it's beautiful. I'm like on the back, I'm backing a, uh, like a Canyon and a, um, pathway, like a dog walking pathway. Like there's tons of trees and a water and a river down there so gorgeous, so beautiful. Nova and I go there every single day and walk, but like in my own backyard, it's in a, like an HOA, um, shared property kind of yard vibe. So it's not like I can just let Nova like run wild in the backyard. Cause I don't have my own fenced off area and I'm in town. And so it's just different. And I just, and there's no back deck and all that stuff. And I was like, Oh God, like I don't think I would like being here in the summertime because it would just be such a chore to have to be outside. You know, I'd either have to go down on a walking path and like keep her on a leash during the daytime, or I could try to maybe tie her up if we wanted to sit out in the backyard. But even then she would probably just be so annoyed with me and that wouldn't be enjoyable either. So I am moving again and I'm actually moving 
up into the mountains to this little uh, cottage property that has like a fenced yard surrounded by trees right you know near the mountains and it's in this tiny little town that has like 300 people like it's where it's where my parents live and it's um, an area that I just love and I it was funny because like this little cottage I've, I've driven past this little cottage for the last two years and I Every time I drove past there, I was like, I would live there or I'm going to live there one day or, you know, it was like something like that. Like I will live there or I'm going to live there uh, one day or I would live there. I literally would say that like every single time I drove past that place and just how the universe has it, um, the woman who owns that uh, little cottage decided to move uh, in with her daughter in a neighboring state. And so the place is empty. And what's interesting is, um, you know, it's a small town. My mom happens to know her and they ended up having a conversation and she mentioned how like I would totally love living there and that I'm a landscaper and I could take care because she's got like the most beautiful yard something is always in bloom all year round and um you know my mom just like you know really pitched gave me a good a, a five-star review <laughs> to this woman and just said you know I would love to live there if they were looking at renting it out and I didn't even have to have a conversation with the woman like she loved the idea she loved that someone was going to be taking care of the yard and um it was a no-brainer so I jumped on the opportunity and I literally like didn't have to do anything and it's like it just worked out perfectly and I can now like have the vision of having my like raised garden beds and you know growing the vegetables and having some flowers and you know having a fenced yard for Nova and myself to like run around in because when I say I like being outside like I love being outside and it's like uh, in the summertime, like especially when I was like in Canada, like you have such a short window of like good weather that you totally take advantage of it. And like I freaking loved uh, landscaping was fucking hard, man. Like it was hard, but I loved being outside. Like I, I got it. Like I totally understood because nothing like drove me more nuts than working in a corporate job in a downtown and sitting in a shitty AC building from, you know, 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. and missing like the most beautiful part of the day. Like I hated that. I just felt like it was such a waste of life. So being outside is like super important for me. And um, I would like, like, I like sleeping outside. I'll eat all my meals outside. I will read books outside. I will, you know, like I said, take a nap outside. Like I am outside as much as possible. And so this is like the perfect um, option for me because I will be utilizing that yard like the whole time I'm there. So very, very excited and just super grateful uh, to be able to jump on an opportunity like that. And just, you know, God kind of presented it to me. I'll be closer to work now that we're ramping up and getting busier. It's just, it's all good things. So like this place, you know, served me for the winter. It was awesome. I love it. Um, and now, you know, it's on to the next phase. And so I, yeah, I'm just like really excited and I didn't have to control it. And of course I wanted it. Of course I wanted it to happen, but I just, you know, kind of told myself like, well, Jesus, you know, if this is meant to be like, you'll, it will happen. Like I just, I don't, I don't feel like I need to take any extra action on this, this part. Um, I really just feel like if it's meant to, um, be in flow, it will just, you know, line up and I'll be able to jump on that opportunity. And that's exactly what happened. And that's been, um, really like a awesome, like an awesome confirmation for, for myself on, 
just like relaxing and letting things kind of unfold naturally without having to really put in all this like forceful energy. And, you know, as a projector with human design, you know, my best, my most aligned opportunities are ones that come through like an invitation, like when I'm invited. And so I, my, I guess my strength or not my strength, I think my, like the advice for a projector is to wait for the invitation. And that can feel very passive. It can feel very like, um, I don't know, like kind of, uh, like not hardworking, I guess, like not driven. Like it really kind of goes against a lot of like these other natural, um, essence with myself, right? Like that can, it goes against like that, my, my stubbornness or my like drive or my wanting to make things happen kind of attitude. And so with waiting for the invitation, I have been working on, you know, trusting that leaning into something that is more aligned with my human design, I will still, it will still result in success. Like just because other people, you know, who are generators, who can like just work and work and work and make things happen and show up and, and just, you know, go all in, um, doesn't mean that they're going to be more successful than me, right? Because like in our world right now, in our world, this world is designed for generators, right? Like that's just the kind of dynamic that we are living on the planet right now. So being a projector, that can feel, that can feel, it's just hard. Like it just feels hard and it feels like I'm not really sure what to do. I don't really know how I fit in. It can, it can feel all those things. And if you are a projector, maybe you have, um, felt those, those same feelings as well. And so what I have been working on is just mentally, you know, reinforcing and trusting that leaning into what comes naturally to me will result in success that I don't need to in, I don't need to imitate what other people are doing because they look like they are having success. You know, I can, um, observe and take notes and obviously, you know, t- apply it in my own life, but I, it is very important that I take it and I transform it into something that is more aligned with myself and not so much, um, trying to mimic other people around me. Because when I have tried to mimic other people around me, especially in the workforce, I very, very quickly become burnt out. Um, I become uninspired. I, and I just, I lose my way and I, and I quickly fall out of alignment within my own self. And that has been something that I've constantly been aware of. And actually, whether I understand it or not, if I feel in my gut that something isn't aligned, I have just recently, you know, in the past year, been very active on taking action to either have a conversation or to take whatever action I need to take to make me feel, you know, to bump me kind of more into alignment. And in tandem with that, I am constantly doing that self-reflection and being accountable for my own projections and where I am, you know, falling up, coming up short on my end of the stick and like being accountable for the stuff that, you know, might be my own old patterns. So it's like, it's always like a constant multiple moving parts, um, And that's, that can feel overwhelming, I think, to some people. And maybe to like me, it it did at one point, but for the most part, I've just kind of accepted that as humans and as women, uh, as a woman, we're complicated, we're multifaceted. Um, I'm going to have a lot of different moving parts and moving feelings. I'm going to have different wounding coming up. I'm going to have different projections still coming up. And then I'm also going to have a lot of aha moments and a lot of like clear, like moments of total clarity 
and um, just like, I don't know, complete drive, complete like bliss. Like I'm going, I'm going to have all of those things, right? I'm going to have those like really like heart opening moments. And that is just like the natural way of being a woman. And I was like talking about this with my mom where I'm like, as women, like we are meant to feel like shameful for having this like big range of emotions and feelings and thoughts and introspection. Like we're, we're almost like made to feel bad for that. And that like, we have to have a cap on it. Like we can only feel that so much, or we can only have, you know, so many times in our lifetime or in the span of a relationship, are we allowed to express our feelings in this sort of way? Um, because if we, if we kind of, you know, am overkill to that, like then we become too much. And I, I was like telling her, I'm like, we, it's not bad that we have that. I'm like, sorry. Like if I, you know, if we become a little unhinged, (laughs) unhinged once in a while, um, we're just responsible for the entire creation on the planet and actual souls come through our vessel and are birthed out onto this planet. So, you know, my bad, if I, you know, come across as a little emotional and we laughed about that because it's just like, when you look at it from like that, like divine perspective of like souls are channeled through our body and are placed here on earth. Like when you look at it from that, it's like, yeah, fuck off. Like, of course we're going to have an array of emotions and like, you know, have like, we are like the creators on this planet. Like it just, it was just kind of funny where it's just like, you know, fuck that patriarchy and that bullshit where, um, we're, we're meant to, you know, keep it under wraps and keep our shit under control. Like, no, fuck that. Like it was just, it was a funny moment. And so, um, I, I just, I was just reflecting on that and, and in tandem, like, you know, like the, the female, the divine feminine is, she is, she's the ocean. She is wild. She is, you know, she ebbs and flows and she's like the ultimate creator. But with that, um, it is important as a woman and a man, but as a woman, um, to be responsible for your own healing because, with, with, you know, kind of like this chaotic energy or this like wild energy that I'm talking about. I know everybody, if you haven't done any healing, like everybody's instantly going to like the negative and like the dark feminine. And like, that's like the controlling, the naggy, the unhinged, you know, chaotic, crazy bitch woman, whatever you want to place a label on it, whatever kind of craziness that like people call women in society. Um, I'm sure you're all like thinking of that, like, you know, the unhinged crazy ex, like whatever bullshit that is. Um, it's like, that's what you kind of think of verse. Um, if you are, if you've actually been in the presence of true divine femininity, you know, yeah, she has like a whole array of emotions and can feel deeply and can love deeply and can like, you know, have anger, have frustration, have passion, have joy, have ups, have downs, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean she's unhinged. And the thing with that is like a divine feminine who is healing, she can very quickly be accountable for her actions and be accountable for her projections and have, and she can also have the ability and the whereabouts to communicate those feelings of like why she's feeling the way she's feeling. And, you know, this sort of emotion was ignited within her because of X, Y, and Z. And that's the beautiful thing that I have found in, in healing is the more that I am embodying, you know, my divine femininity, the, with this pairing of healing, the quicker I am to move and clear different shadow aspects of myself, because I'm not getting it right all the time, right? Like I've said that to you guys before. Um, but what I am getting really good at 
is quickly identifying where I am projecting an old pattern or if I, what triggers are coming up and where does that stem from? And what is this, you know, rooted in? Like, is this like a core wound of abandonment? Like, what is, what is this, you know? And I can instantly like reflect on, on those different things, whether it's like, yes, like I said, abandonment wound or, um, not feeling good enough or like having, you know, just like these different things that have nothing to do with like the people outside of me. So even if I do have kind of like a range of emotions, I'm not just saying, you know, here, deal with it. I'm not just like saying that to like my partner and like, here, deal with it, you know, and, um, I'm actually saying to him like, okay, I had these feelings, my up and downness was rooted in this, you know, and like, it's because of X, Y, and Z and like communicating those emotions and communicating those, those feelings and those past, you know, um, woundings that I have had in my, in my life and bringing them to the forefront so that he can better understand where I'm coming from. And also then too, in the same breath, like I'm doing my own inner work so that, I am clearing it and those things no longer have a hold on my life, which is like the biggest and the most freeing part of this whole process is just not being under that pressure of, um, being held down by like those old patterns that you, you want to let go of. And the more you heal, the quicker those things are easier to clear out. And it just feels amazing. And it feels, um, it's just like one of those, it's life proof, you know, that Leanna Shante talks about. She's like, how does your life look? Where's the proof? Is your life better? Are you happier? Are you, you know, more joyful? Are you more motivated? Are you more abundant, you know, because you are incorporating these things in your life? If it's a yes to one or all of those things, then that's your life proof. So yeah, that's kind of where I want to end on that high note is, you know, just always reflect on the things that you're incorporating in your life. And if you have life proof, then that is a telltale sign to keep going forward and keep moving forward and I hope you guys have an amazing week an amazing weekend and you know continue on pushing forward and we will chat with you next week have a good one guys